This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Oh! that we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, my sister-in-law came over for dinner at our house. And when we were not long married, proceeded to tell us while sitting at our dinner table that my husband should not have married me because he should have remained married to his previous wife and, you know, spend the rest of his life being unhappy. So I was a bit gobsmacked by this and didn't know what to say. And I have to deal with this woman on an ongoing basis. What should I say? Or how should I treat her? Woof. Yeah. <laughs> also, this was a voicemail. This was a voicemail. We got yes. the feeling behind it. We did get the nuance, yes. You know, I always say, what's the spouse who's related to this person? Yeah. I'm willing to let that go for this one. Oh, is this an exception to that rule? <laughs> I feel like you come to my house, you sit at my table, you say in front of my face that we shouldn't be married. I feel like I can now skip that rule. Also, it's not a mom. It's not a dad. It's a sibling. Yeah. I mean, my first question was like, what happened to the forever hold your peace part at our wedding? You know, that part when you are actually invited to say something, if you have any objections? I mean, you, you pass up uh, your opportunity. And so in exchange, you have to forever hold your peace. Uh, I believe we are not holding our peace currently. Well, maybe our letter writer should bring that up. Well, you can't say anything because now you're in the holding your peace <laughs> stage. I would like to know what the husband said. I'm sure everybody just sat there in stone silence as one would. Yeah, I mean, this is shocking. So, I mean, the first feeling here is just like, oh, did I hear what I thought I heard? I think we decide. Shall we rise above and take the high road? Or is this worth being petty about? And I don't mean petty. I just mean when you have the opportunity to sort of stick the knife in, Stick the knife in. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to decide, like, do I want to engage or not engage? I guess that's really the first question here. And if this is a person that you have to deal with on an ongoing basis, I feel like if they're like, hey, can you help me with this thing? And you could say, hey, remember when you were sitting at my table and said to my <laughs> face that you think my husband shouldn't be married to me? I kind of don't want to. And that way you're not being petty. You're being very direct oh. about it. But you're saying, hey, why don't you go ask the first wife? I'm sorry. I thought I was taping with Leah Bonima today. 
Who are you? I've really just gone on. The past couple of weeks have been... Would you actually... That feels so unlikely coming out of you. I think you'd be Were shocked you... by some of the things I've done. <laughs> actually, I would not be shocked. When I feel pushed <laughs> to my limit. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, would you want just to be very clear, like, oh, we're not friends? I mean, that's basically what that approach would be, which is like, oh, I see what our relationship is. We're not going to be friends. We'll be cordial and distant, and that's what that is. I guess that's one path. Sure. I mean, you know how you always say, who am I today? Yeah, and you are me. (laughs) I'm you today. Well, I've had, I mean, I think you know personally what I've been dealing with in my life the past couple weeks. Sure. And I've ended up saying a few things to people, and I feel very freed by it. So I feel like what I want to say to this woman is, oh, well, if you don't want to be polite to me, then I'm not going to give you the benefits of being a sister-in-law. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that is definitely fair. I mean, that's totally fair. I was thinking of a couple different approaches. One would just be to say like, oh, this sounds like a conversation between you two, meaning sister and brother. I'll excuse myself so you can continue this conversation. Because I actually don't think this has anything to do with you. This has to do with something about this first marriage and whoever that person was. And like the decision to marry you, the brother was part of that decision too. Like, this is not on your shoulders exclusively. Uh, So it feels like, oh, maybe this is a sibling conversation in which I will leave it to the siblings. Yeah, but the conversation has already happened. And so it's how is she dealing with it moving forward? Also, obviously, this has nothing to do with our letter writer. This has to do with the person whose mouth it came out of. The other thing I was thinking, which is something you could say, which would be almost like, oh, I'm sorry you feel this way, but I appreciate that you feel so comfortable expressing those sorts of feelings directly to me. And I hope in time, I can change your mind. Who are you today? I am Leah Bonima. <laughs> I feel like what we could say, because this is very direct and it's just saying Did how we just we Freaky feel. Friday this? We are Freaky Fridaying. Um, I really feel like you could say to this person, and this is, I think, the middle ground. Hey, you hurt my feelings. Yes. Yes. Hearing that really hurts my feelings. And I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't think you need the second part. Okay. I'm sorry you're in my, how about hearing this hurts my feelings? And I'm sorry you're in my house. How about that part? Wow. Whoa! <laughs> I have never seen you this aggressive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. I mean, I love it. I, I love I love Leah Bottom 2.0. It's wonderful. Um, it's just all of okay. a sudden a whole new show where you're trying to calm me down and telling me to be nicer. <laughs> oh, let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt, guys. This is just me. And you come over to my house and you insult me to my face about my marriage? Well, at the end of the day, this woman is a social arsonist. That's who this is. And this is a type of person, we all know these types of people, that are just social arsonists. They just enjoy burning up the fabric of society. That's just something they enjoy as sport. And this is not the first time this person has done something like this. Definitely not going to be the last. This is not the only relationship she probably does this in. Like, this is, uh, this is part of her deal. So that's comforting on some level because then we know we don't have to take it personally. But she is a social arsonist. I agree. Yeah. And I think that we could still say, hey, that hurts my feelings because I think social arsonists don't really have anywhere to go with that. You're not giving them any drama. Definitely we don't want to feed the beast. Yeah, I mean, what they're looking for is drama here, for sure. Because like, why would you say this? It's like, oh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. We're going to get a divorce now. Okay, now like, that you brought it up, not... let's we're going to divorce and he's going to go back and marry that other person. You know what? Thank you. We had not thought of that, but that is a great idea. 
And that's what we're going to do. There's a thing you could do. I did it this weekend as a joke, but um, you can do it for real. I mean, we could all just start working it into conversations when somebody says something wild that you don't want to respond to because you don't want to feed the beast, but also you want to point out like not appropriate is that you sort of slide off whatever you're sitting on onto the ground and dramatically lay there. Okay, that's the Leah Bonham I'm looking for. <laughs> the person who just slides onto the floor. Yep. I did it this weekend with friends for fun and I was like, I might take this on the road. This is a good time. <laughs> yeah, this is a technique we can use. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, you know, I, I'm sorry uh, that this happened. I guess we just want to, yeah, diffuse it in the moment, not feed the drama beast. And then... Yeah, I think we would actually want to take cues from your husband, which is like, oh, that was an interesting conversation with your sister. How do you feel about it? Do we need to have this woman in our home again? And so I guess that's really the conversation next. I have another idea. Mm -hmm. If we're in a situation that happens like this again, we pick up a phone or we fake pick up a phone. You could just pick up a fork and pretend it's a phone. Uh -huh. uh, I pick up all things and put it to my ear and go, you can hear the ocean. It doesn't matter what I'm picking up. You just mind <laughs> okay. It's a good time. And then you pretend that you're calling the etiquette police, us. Oh. And you report the crime in front of sure. this person. Okay. How fun is that? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, excuse me one moment. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Oh, hello, Nick and Leah. I have an etiquette crime in progress. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that, how wonderful. Well, I'll take that phone call. Absolutely. If you actually have the phone with you, you can then hand the phone to the person and say, did you want to say something for your side of it? Oh, no? Okay. I'll explain it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, sometimes things are just so rude. There, there is nothing to do. There is no response. They're just, what do you do with this? Nothing. You could just work back the stare back in. I think they're just saying, I have to be around this person all the time. Yeah. And I think it's just like, well, you know how they feel. And so we want to be cordial and polite, but we don't really have to go out of our way to like be best friends now. Or we can just have fun with it and start. Every time they say something rude, call it in. Your misery is our content. So I, this, it's also, it. But it's also, <laughs> I think it lightens it for you. I, this is the world I want to live in because so many people are just really going off the rails lately that I just think I want to lighten it by being like, I'm reporting you or I'm going to fall off the chair and pretend that I'm laying on the ground. You know what I mean? Let's lighten this. I don't, because yeah. I don't want to carry your bad behavior in my head all the time. It's making me crazy. Yeah, no, I, this is true. Yeah, we don't want to carry it around. Yeah, all right, so add a little whimsy. <laughs> Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 
now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklinen actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. So (laughs) our next question is, quote, Today, I was sitting outside at my college campus working on my laptop when I was approached by an older gentleman. He had a black suitcase and kindly asked me if I could watch his bag while he made a quick run to Starbucks for a coffee. I explained that I would only be there for 10 more minutes before I had to head to class. He said it was no big deal and he was on his way. 10 minutes later, he still wasn't back. So I asked someone else sitting nearby if she could watch his belongings. How should we respond to strangers when they ask us to watch their belongings, especially when we know we will be leaving soon? I know there's many opinions on this, especially at airports, where watching others' luggage can even be considered dangerous. But how should we approach this situation in various locations? A Starbucks run at my school could easily take a half an hour. I just wrote, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could just say I can't. Unfortunately, I can't. So sorry. There's a situation where, say you're sitting at a cafe and there's a person at a table next to you and they've also been there a long time. And that person looks at you and says, I just have to run to the washroom real quick. Do you mind watching my computer? Even that makes me extremely uncomfortable. But I've at least been sitting next to this person with their computer and I know the situation. Right. So I even think in that situation, you could be like, hey, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. You you could say that. You could just, but this is a man who's just walked up to you with a bag and is leaving his bag. And it's a bag we cannot bring into Starbucks with us. Why can't we carry a bag? Why can't you carry the bag? No, you can't leave a bag with me. Like how big is this bag? How small is this Starbucks? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, what a nightmare to be like responsible for this stranger stuff and now I have to leave and it's sort of like, what do I do with this? It's like a hot potato. It's like seven panic attacks. This is the kind of thing that is, a. that's why I just, I feel like an honest, open, hey, I'm sorry, I can't, it makes me uncomfortable. What are they gonna say? Don't be uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, it's very, I mean, it's so awkward. So awkward. And especially since it's like, it feels like it doesn't have to happen. Like, I just don't understand the true need here. Like, why can't we bring it into the Starbucks? Also, let's just use the app, people. Just order online, mobile order. And then you get a little alert when it's ready. And then you could run in. That I would be better with. Like, oh, I'll use the app. And then uh, would you watch my bag? My coffee's ready. I'm going to run in and grab it. I would feel much better about that versus like, oh, I'm going to like go through the whole ordering process. Really? You would feel fine about a stranger you've never seen walking up to you with a bag and saying, can you watch this bag that's probably not see-through while I run inside (laughs) and pick up my already ordered coffee? I would be like, no. No, I mean, my strategy is I don't look approachable or friendly in public. So if everybody wants to work that in. I use the New York City approach where people don't come up to me asking me for stuff because I don't look nice 
on the street. And that serves me very well. So I never run into this situation because it's like, oh, I don't I don't think we want to ask that guy. So if you want to work on looking unapproachable, I've worked on that on the subway because I struggled so much after moving. It's from... the only way you can survive in New York City. So one of the things I do is I become a character. And one of my the first things I did was I I watched people who looked unapproachable, especially women. Mm. And I, I noticed that a lot of women were chewing gum who looked unapproachable because they were just sort of like, I don't care. That was the vibe they were giving up. Like they were loose cannons. And I uh-huh. actively worked gum into my subway character. Of course, then I couldn't get it out. And now I chew gum everywhere. But I think you just become this character. Oh, it was method. You couldn't just pretend to chew gum. No, I had to. I went in. I became a okay. gum chewer. I became an active gum chewer. Wow, that's dedication to your craft. It's a dedication. And because you, it's that look where you have to be like, I'm not the person you want to leave stuff with. Yeah, you definitely want to look like you're on the verge of yelling or crying. <laughs> that's that's how you do it in New York City. Just want to be on the knife's edge of one of those emotions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you want people to see you and think, unstable. And then just yeah. move to the next person. Oh, you with the clipboard raising money for charity? You really want to stop me on the street right now? <laughs> yeah. Is that, you really want to get engaged in conversation with this and what's going on? I don't think so. <laughs> I've never been hit up for money. It works. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know what we do with this other than like, I'm so sorry. I can't. I also think like people who just walk up to you and ask you to do things that are inappropriate, like this is inappropriate to ask a stranger to hold something that, we somehow feel the need to explain things to them. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm I'm about to leave. And then they're going to come up with reasons why it doesn't matter. That's why we don't explain. We just say, unless we're like, hey, it makes me uncomfortable, but we're not like, I'm only here for five minutes or I don't like bags or whatever it is. You would just say, no, you're making me uncomfortable. Yes. Flip side. I mean, I do see a world in which like, Small town, not really worried about this guy's luggage. And like, I'm going to be on this bench for another four hours. I'm like, sure, leave it. Like, I, I, if that didn't make you feel uncomfortable, like, sure, you could you can agree to do it. Like, it doesn't have to be a hard no. But I disagree with this 100%. Oh, it's a, a hard no it's no matter what. No. Any it's, strange man with luggage. Yes, it's unsafe. I don't like it. Yes, if it feels, if it feels, if anything about it feels unsafe, then okay, fine. I mean, you have a world in which maybe you actually trust people more than I do, but I think no. Wow. Am I you? Have we really switched? Now I'm the trusting one. <laughs> what is happening, Leah? Wow. I see the good in people? Oh, I don't like this feeling. <laughs> How's it going for you over there? Oh, I feel set set free. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then our next question is, quote, how do you send invitations or thank you notes when you don't know the recipient's address? What's the best way to acquire this information? Because handwritten cards are the best. Sometimes I think that Nick sent in a question. Well, sometimes there are questions (laughs) that uh, seem more for me than for you. Yes. But now that you're me, what what would we do here? Well, what I would do mm-hmm. is I would just message them and say, hey, may I have your mailing address? I have something I want to send you. That is exactly what you should do. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Just ask, hey, I want to mail you something. What's your address? I'm going to mail you a bag that I'm going to ask you to sit with while I <laughs> just go do something for a long period of time. Actually, I want to mail you a bag and I'm <laughs> going to ask you to not open it. And then in two months, I'm going to come and pick it up. <laughs> But just hang on to it for just two months. It's cool. And if anybody is, asks if you have it, say no. <laughs> 
But for this, handwritten card. Yeah, just ask. And I think the question is coming from a place of, we often feel like we want thank you notes to be a surprise to the recipient. Like, oh, it doesn't count if they're expecting it or if they know it's coming or like, no, it's fine. It does not have to be this like totally unexpected surprise. It is totally fine to be like, hey, I'm going to mail you something and they can know what it is. What's your address? The surprise is in actually getting it and then in the nice thing you actually wrote in the card. I, Nick Layton, agree. <laughs> Great. Me, Leah Bonima, agrees with you. <laughs> so our next question is, quote, my brother and his wife never have enough dining chairs for people that are invited over to eat. They have enough chairs for the two of them and their two children, but not anybody else. There is no effort made on their part to find other chairs for people to sit or anything. It's pretty much a help yourself for the food. You grab a plate that is made available, then serve yourself in the kitchen. Then you try and find a place to sit. No one sits down together to eat. It's just eat wherever. It's been like this for a few years now, and it's become awkward for people that come and visit. Our mother is now 79 and would really like to have an actual place to sit. Is there some polite way to suggest to my brother that visitors would really like to have actual chairs at the table to sit at when they eat? I'm afraid to answer this because, I mean, I feel really strongly about it. And, you know, am I still you? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, whoever you are, what is your strong feeling? I have two strong feelings. Okay. Simultaneously. Just get some chairs. My first one was, <laughs> I'm going to show up with a chair. I'm showing up with a chair under my arm. And I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, Ma's got to sit down. Well, it's also like we're not offering our mother any of the existing chairs. Like there are four chairs in this house. We don't want to give mom any of them. Yeah. Why are the two kids sitting down when mom's not sitting down? Right. So that that's like, oh, that's interesting. And then my second thought was, because sh I'll show up with a folding chair under my arm. No problem. I got no feelings about that. Yeah, this feels pretty casual. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, how rude you brought a folding chair. Oh, how rude. To our party. Your mom needs to sit down. <laughs> right. But the other one is, I think they could say, hey, do you want to come over for this thing? And then you could say, hey... I'd love to come over, but it always feels slightly awkward because we don't have anywhere to sit and eat. Well, related to that, where are we eating? Are we just like leaning against the mantle? Am I just sitting on the floor? I imagine they're eating against the mantle. That's what's happening. And like, there's no couches in this house. Uh, there's no other sitting surfaces available. Is there a Zafu? I mean, what, what, what sitting options are there? Well, after I Google what that is, I will decide whether or not I think there is one. <laughs> that is for your Zen meditation. Oh. <laughs> That's the cushion you sit on when you're doing your Zazen practice. Oh. Surely you have a Zazen practice, Leah. Clearly I... Oh, don't. Oh, well, no, that's you're more about walking meditation. <laughs> I am that's a walking fine. meditation lady. That's that's your that's your style of uh, Zen. That's fine. That works, too. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, although with Zen, all roads lead to the same place, which is no place. There is no road. OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is a Zen household. There are no chairs. There are no chairs. There are no chairs. We are all chairs. None of us are chairs. No. The but... chair does not exist. <laughs> but we also don't need the chair. The chair is an illusion. <laughs> But there is a chair. There's four chairs. It's for the brother, his wife, and their two kids. So there are chairs. It's just not for their guests. So it's the opposite of Zen. Yeah. It's uh, mine. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the next time we're invited over, I think we would want to be like, hey, you don't have chairs in your house. So would it be okay if we brought folding chairs? Or maybe we just gift them like some folding chairs for the next holiday, birthday? No occasion? I don't know if they'd get it. They'd be like, we don't need chairs. The four of us have chairs. But not offering a chair to your 79-year-old mother. That does feel like, come on, come on. Come 
on. (laughs) Although I think mom in this story could say like, hey, grandchild, may I sit here? (laughs) I think she could just boot the kid out of the chair. Yeah, I think so too. I also have no problem just showing up, circling back after we decide we're not saying circling back, but circling back. I would just walk in there and carry a chair. Hey, it's for mom. I'm not saying any in any kind of weird way. I'm just being like, brought a chair for mom. Yeah. Although I would also want to bring a chair for me and then the other people I'm bringing. <laughs> like, we, we we brought a bunch of chairs. Brought some chairs. Right. I think we just have to bring it to their attention. Like, they, they this is not malicious. It's just they're not being mindful of the chair to person ratio here. So I think if you did bring it to their attention, I think that probably just would solve this problem because I think they would then realize like, oh, yes, I guess we should have enough chairs for the guests in our home. I think so too. Yeah. Just bring it up. Just bring it up. Bring the chair. Okay. So our next thing is a bonkers. (laughs) Sorry. Bonkers. Or should I say bonkery, 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 bonkers. Oh, that's new. (laughs) Um, And thematic. And it's quote. My parents and I flew across the country for my cousin's wedding. My aunt, the mother of the groom, picked us up at the airport and brought us to our hotel a couple hours before the rehearsal dinner. My mother and I both showed her our dresses for the rehearsal dinner and asked her if they were appropriate for the event, which she had planned. She said they were great. Two hours later, when we arrived at the dinner, we were shocked to find out that the event was a hoedown theme and everyone was wearing cowboy boots, hats, and overalls. We were totally overdressed. When we asked others, they said they'd been informed about the theme weeks ago. My aunt just shrugged and refused to explain. I wrote down, where are the pictures? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, once again, fancy ranch. <laughs> Gets you every time. I just imagine our letter writer walking in in like these these dress like gowns, and then everybody's just sort of like two stepping around them. In yeah, everybody has straw in yeah, their mouths, like, and yeah, like, what? I mean, what's happening? Yes, I mean this is a nightmare. It's a nightmare to just like not be dressed for the event, whatever that means. I mean, and there was so much opportunity for it to not be this way. There's months of opportunity. I also loved how the aunt just shrugged and refused to explain. That reminds me of the people who are like, hey, we're leaving you at our house to go have drinks with these other people. And you're like, <laughs> right. and then they say it can't be helped. We were like, yes, it's it was unavoidable. What's going this on? This hoedown with- theme was unavoidable. <laughs> yes. What's happening with these answers? <laughs> what's going on with these answers? I'm afraid it was impossible to tell you about this theme in advance. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, the best, the best explanation is that the aunt forgot to tell you, or you missed that, and then when you showed the dresses, because it was too late to make those dresses into a hoedown theme, the aunt was like, "Those are great," because like, oh, it's too late for you to like do something with this. I guess that's the best explanation. Like, she didn't want to make you feel bad that you were not in theme. Although you're going to figure it out real fast. You are going to figure it out. And this theme is very specific. It's specific. It's not like, oh, this was black tie and you arrived in like business casual, which is like, okay. I mean, these are relatively, you know, close-ish, but fancy ranch to like just normal wedding uh, rehearsal dinner cocktail dress. Like that's a very different thing. Also, I would be so upset that I missed a chance to wear overalls. I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, I would have had much more fun had I known about this theme and could have gone all out. I mean, I love a good plaid. I love overalls and you rock plaid. I mean, I wear nothing else. He's actually literally wearing it right now. I am actually wearing plaid right now. Yes, yes. And not to prove a point, but just because I do. 
I have this super cute <laughs> denim overall dress that I've been wanting to get out. I will. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow you're just going to wear an overall denim dress. Tomorrow's the day. Yeah. So I'm sorry this happened. That's awkward. I wonder how the wedding was. <laughs> and also, I feel like we should have pictures from this event. I wish we could have a collage board of all of the pictures of the bonkers stories. Oh, yeah. If you ever send us a bonkers story, yeah, give us some photos to go along with it just to paint the scene. You could just yeah. sneak a pic and send it to us. But uh, uh, awkward. Awkward. So awkward. I just, it's really these explanations that are really putting them over the top. It's never the crime. It's the cover up. Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, if, if the aunt was like, like, oh my goodness, you didn't get the part where it was a hotel theme. Oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't get that email. I'm so sorry. You missed that part of the website. I'm so sorry that that information didn't get to you, but what you're wearing is great. You look great. Oh, I have an extra hat. I'll bring it for you. Like any of that would have been fine. If they explained, I saw you earlier. I love your dresses. I'd realized at that point that I forgot to tell you. So I just didn't say it because I wanted you to feel good. Then I would have been like, oh, all right, whatever. But to be like, I'm not going to explain this to you. Nope. Just going to give you a shrug. What? <laughs> Unless the aunt thinks that what you were wearing was hotel themed. <laughs> Is that an explanation? They're like, oh, that that little floral cocktail dress. That's hoedown. Maybe. I mean... I don't know, being very charitable. You're really being charitable. Par for the course this I episode. Mean, honestly, you've just been so charitable today. I'm confused. All right, well, we got to end it then so I can go back to being me. So thank you for sending us this bonkers story. Thank you so much. And please send us your bonkers stories, your etiquette crime reports, your questions, your events, your repents, all of it. Send it to us through our website, wereyouraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right, because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah... What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. 
stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.